Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Welcome, everyone, to the Life Tips Show. We're happy to have Sammy Grover on the show in a few minutes, but until we do, Mandy, are you there? Sounds like we have a hurricane happening down in the Webmaster Radio offices in Florida down there. Hopefully it's not an actual hurricane. That's a little better. Uh, so uh, welcome. How are you? Oh, well, today we'll be interviewing uh, Sammy Grover. <clears throat> and Sammy is the Director of Sustainability at TheChange.com. And uh, we're very excited to have him on the show. He had a recent article uh, in the Discovery Channel's uh, website, Treehugger, where he outlines how to plan a green funeral. I cannot wait to chat with him today. He's also been featured on NPR and uh, various places. And uh, another interesting characteristic we're going to learn about Sammy that we'll we'll be able to uh, ask him about is his contention now that he has taken his last flight ever, <laughs> and he has uh, made a decision that uh, boarding airplanes and, and uh, is is uh, a is a terrible pollution of the environment. So we'll learn a little bit more about his strategy, uh, and uh, and ask him about uh, John Madden and his taking his buses uh, to NFL <laughs> football games, which some of you may also be aware of. And uh, anyway, we're back. Is Mandy back with us yet or not? I'm back. And you know what? The, the hurricane took me out, but it couldn't keep me down, Byron. <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> well, it's yeah, I, don't, 80 de- I don't know what's going on today. <laughs> it's 80 degrees in Boston here, and uh, it is getting greener around here, speaking of green. Um, and uh, I don't know. It feels a little, feels a little happy, don't you think? It feels very happy. It's almost freak- freakishly warm for Boston this time of year, but I love it. Everything's in bloom around here. It's gorgeous. And uh, is there any tradition you have in the in the spring that you, uh, when the first warm, sunny day, anything we should know about that we should be doing that's fun? Well, you know what? We need to be going out and planting some trees. This is prime planting time right now. Gardening, tree planting, all the good stuff. You know what, Byron? We're in the middle of Earth Month. I mean, Earth Day. Forget Earth Day. That's in the past. We're into Earth Month these days. So people need to get out and plant some stuff. This is prime planting time. Hmm. Now, I was in uh, Home Depot uh, the other day and just uh, walking through the the zone in there, thinking about planting, and we really should have a we should have a tree expert on our site, don't you? On the on the show here, don't you think? I mean, it I it's agree. a maze in there. I'm confused in there. What do I buy? What's going to die? You know, perennials, you know, annuals. I mean, it's it's just a mess. Oh yeah, and, you know, actually, we're uh, we Life Tips is currently doing a book on organic gardening, and there's an entire section devoted to trees. I think maybe we should get more people in here to talk to us about about the best trees to plant. I mean, I think that's a great idea. I'll work on it right, right on. 
Well, let's take a break, and then we'll get back with Sammy and go right into some questions. We're very excited uh, to, to meet uh, with Sammy today. Back in a few minutes, everybody. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Um, hello. Uh, welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... Uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Jonathan Stefanski, who is the VP of Sales for Coos. Everyone is trying to find a way to take a video and monetize it. I think what we're doing uniquely is really focusing on that aspect of it, which is video as a monetization tool as opposed to entertainment tool. But at the end of the day, we're all in business to make money and creating a platform for people that want to use video to sell um, products and services. Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Watch out for the vampires. Enter the communications coven that is webmasterradio.fm. Now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Visit the webmasterradio.fm homepage for all the details. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, Sammy. Sammy, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, indeed, we can now. <laughs> Good. Thanks. For, Glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about your role at as the director of sustainability at the Change, Sammy. Okay. Well, the Change is a, a brand strategy and design agency. It was started by Jerry Stifelman, who um, worked for worked in branding for major corporations like Jeep, Mountain Dew. Bank of America, etc. Um, but increasingly, he was becoming involved in environmentalism and sustainable living um, in his private life, and felt that he had a lot to offer to a lot of um, nonprofits and companies who are trying to make the world better, and yet don't necessarily have the same um, branding power as some of some of the larger corporations that might not be doing such great things. Um, so, I've 
I joined the change um, more recently, but um, I work with our clients to um, help them shape their sustainability agendas and also to help them communicate those agendas um, to, the, to the wider public in a, in a way that, that makes sense to, to people's values. So tell me a little bit about a, a, a particular contract that you would have with, with a client then. Give us a feel for what people are buying from you other than knowledge sure. and wisdom advice. So, for example, we, we work from, with fair trade companies. We work with a company called Larry's Beans, which is a very aggressively sustainable fair trade coffee company in, in North Carolina. We help them with everything from website design to helping them um, source more sustainable packaging to um, uh, assisting in uh, media communications programs, designing their, um, their delivery buses, um that runs on waste vegetable oil. Um, basically, anything and everything that we can do to help them express their brand and express what they do. Um, another example would be we worked with Mozilla, the um, makers of Firefox, to help them. Uh, they are branding themselves as um, organic software, and they're trying to move towards uh, basically um, to correlate the the very real sort of um, eth- ethical side of open source software with with ethical ethical consumers in general who are looking for for wiser choices on on um, ethical consumption. Hmm. Would you? tend to agree with the statement that it's almost getting uncool and unhip not to be green? Um, I would to a degree. I mean, there is... It, that, I, that might be putting it a little strongly. There's still an awful lot of things going on um, that are very ungreen. I think it's, it's uncool and unhip to appear un- ungreen. There are a lot of people who are talking the talk and not, not necessarily all the way towards walking the walk, shall we say. <laughs> Well, you're certainly, speaking of walking the walk, tell us about your decision to, quote, never fly again. <laughs> okay, that, I think there may have been a slight uh, miscommunication on, on that. <laughs> front, that I did once say that I would never fly again. Um, but obviously, uh, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not from North Carolina where I'm currently living. Um, so on, on, the, on the final flight that I would ever take or the final trip abroad that I would ever take, I, I met my wife um, in North Carolina and promptly moved here. So, so that particular plan to cut my emissions didn't quite work out as planned. Um, but I, I am trying to cut back on travel as, as much as possible and um, to uh, basically group up trips. If I'm going to the UK, then I'll stay longer and, and go less mm-hmm. often. Or um, if I'm going up to New York, then I try to take the train. But um, Terrific. As, as with most things in life, I, I, perfection is a little hard to obtain. Indeed. So... Tell us how difficult it is to make a transition, uh, both mentally and uh, materialistically, perhaps, um, to to a green way of living. It, it seems hard to me. Would you agree with that, Sammy? Um, it can be. There are a lot. It, it's very hard to to do everything. And I think the thing that I advise for a lot of folks is to is to do what you can. You know, um, and and but the biggest step towards living a more sustainable lifestyle is just to start thinking things through. And quite often you find really simple things that just make sense. You know, it makes sense not to to waste energy. It makes sense not to buy so much food and then throw it away at the end of the day. It, you know, it, make, it makes sense not to be spending money on, on gas when gas is 3.50 a gallon. Um, so there, there are plenty of smaller things we can all do. And as, as those start adding up, I think um, society is moving towards it. A position where where those choices become easier for all of us. 
Mm-hmm. And do you think that it, it's getting easier and easier to sell a, uh, the services of a company like yours to companies and corporations? Um, I think it is. I mean, I think we're certainly finding more and more small companies that are out there um, that are producing not just green products, but excellent green products. Um, for example, I'm just working with a, a company called Better for Babies that produces um, reusable diapers and organic that are, that are made out of organic fair trade materials. But the thing we're finding is that it, people used to feel like you know reusable diapers were somehow they were perhaps not so comfortable, not such good quality. But with Better for Babies, they, they seem to be basically they're diaper geeks, you know, they, because mm-hmm. because they're so into sustainability and fair trade, and also so into diapers, their parents themselves, mm-hmm. they. They go in there to find out everything about that product and get to the very bottom of what it's made of, what it's made from, who made it, how they made it. So in some ways, sustainability becomes an advantage. Likewise, you know, our fair trade coffee company clients, they, they, Larry's Beans, they work very closely with their farmers. And because they pay their farmers a living wage, because they know exactly which farms they're buying from, they're able to work year on year to improve harvests, to improve harvesting techniques. And also, just to keep a good relationship with farmers, which tends to mean they get the best beans. Um, so mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's getting easier, and I think there's, there's more people out there who want to do more in terms of business than just, than just to make money. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I could probably be making more money selling Jeeps or Hummers or something, but um, firstly, I'd be really bad at it, and secondly, um, it just wouldn't be as much fun. Mm. Now, the... Culturally, do you think that uh, that the environment that you came from, the British environment, is anyway ahead of the curve with with environmental concern and issues, or, or behind the curve? I'm curious because I lived in London for a couple of years myself. Okay, um, I'd, I'd like to think it's a mixed bag. I, th- I think a lot of a lot of folks in Europe would like to think they're ahead of of the states in terms of environmental sustainability, and to some degree they are. Um, I think. Uh, Mass transit is a major prom- problem in the States, but that's not necessarily just down to political will. Um, I think it's also a question of accident, is that most um, European cities were built at the time of the horse and cart, so everything's closer together, it, there's more density. Um, if, if I look around at your average Englishman uh, or woman, um, I wouldn't say they're that much more green-minded or less green-minded than folks in the States. Um, perhaps slightly different priorities. And of all of the tips and information and staggering data that comes across your desk in in helping clients better better themselves with regards to greenness, what continues to stand out? What are your favorite trump cards that you just like telling people that make them say, "Wow, really?" Um, that's a good good question. I mean, it depends so much on who the client is because. We're finding increasingly that in every industry, you know, people are, are trying to make moves towards going green. So um, if you're a, an apparel company, I think a lot of people are finally realizing just how much pesticides go into into cotton. Uh, um, I forget the number, but it's a crazy figure. I think 25% of the world's pesticides are sprayed on cotton. Um, that, that's a big one for a lot of people where they suddenly realize that something they think of as quite a benign product, you know, cotton can't harm anyone, is actually a, a very very dirty product. Um, likewise, I think a lot of people are realizing how how easy it is to start using renewable energy, for example, not necessarily putting solar panels on your roof, 
but um, to purchase renewable energy credits from a from a utility um, is very cost effective and it's a great marketing tool. Hmm. I know Mandy's got a few questions for you, so I'm gonna let her dive in here, and I'll line up a couple sure. more for you that are my favorites. All right, Sammy, the hard the hard part's over. <laughs> <laughs> I do the fluff questions. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I can do fluff too. So all right, good. Bring it on. <laughs> So the way I I am the hunter gatherer of Life Tips Radio. So the way I found you was through treehugger.com, which is actually one of my favorite websites for green stuff. I know that it's uh, owned and operated by Discovery Channel, discovery.com. Um you've done a, a lot of articles for them recently and I've been keeping up with that. One of the most interesting articles I found was on how to go green for your funeral. And I was like, you know what? I got to get this guy on the air. It's <laughs> just not something that that people think about is going green for their funeral. So can you tell us a little bit about the article and, and some of the research that you did? Sure. Well, I mean, we were finding um, increasingly on TreeHugger, we were coming across companies that were trying to do, uh, to create products or services for, for greening your funeral. Um, and one thing we kept finding was that the comments would be um, similar to you, that, huh, we haven't thought of that. And even some were kind of hostile to the idea. There was, it was almost like we were taking green too far. And yet, from from my perspective as as an environmentalist, I'd want nothing more than than for my funeral, um, which will hopefully be in a, a long way from now. But I would hope that it would reflect my values and my ethics that I that I lived by. And I think a lot of a lot of other people are feeling the same. Um, and certainly in the UK, that's one one area where the UK has been leading is that there's a huge movement towards woodland burial, um, whereby people aren't are no longer sort of placed in concrete. Uh, vaults to be kept for all eternity, but rather um, buried in biodegradable coffins, um, which are then placed in woodland. The woodland is planted up, and it basically provides a, a nature habitat. It provides a beautiful space for people to come and remember their loved ones by. Um, and it seems like an all-round winner from my book. Right. I, you know, all religious, all religious beliefs aside, I mean this is sort of taking things one step further. I mean, you know, I, I guess people, if they really are intending to go green, this is something we need to take into consideration. The um, the breakdown period of, of metal coffins and, and all those sturdy coffins that go in the ground, it, it takes forever for that to break down. So now it, you were talking about um, woodland burials. What type of what type of wood and biodegradable coffins are we talking about here? Um, this, this, is, this is an amazing array from bamboo through to jute, Hemp. Um, I, I've read about people just getting wrapped in a wrapped in a cloth and being buried in the ground. Um, I believe there's a company in the UK making coffins out of cardboard, and they're really really not as ugly as they sound. Um, there's some quite quite beautiful things out there, um, but um, it, the, the, but the biodegradability issue is a is a is a major factor, and particularly. I believe there are some real challenges in the States. I spoke to a funeral director who would like to go green, but he was saying the um, the uh, regulations in his in his region uh, basically prevent him from doing very much. Um, they uh, they insist on embalming. They insist on um, concrete vaults to bury um, bodies in. Um, and it turned out pretty much the greenest thing you could do in in many areas was was cremation, which in itself carries environmental problems. Right, because we run into so many safety issues with, you know, you don't want people decomposing into water systems and, and the like. Um, but what else What else do people need to keep in mind when when they're planning a, a green funeral? 
Um, I think there's, there's a whole array of things. Uh, much of it is the same as you would plan for any green event. You know, think through things like catering. Uh, think through, um, you know, where people are, how people are traveling to the event. Um, all of these things will make a big difference. Um, I think embalming is a big issue. I know a lot of people, it's, it's a tradition, and a lot of people... Uh, would not forego it, and I, I certainly wouldn't want to. Dic- you know, uh, that it, it doesn't do well to dictate what people people should and shouldn't do with the, the remains of their loved ones. But um, if you know, if it's not important to you, then I'd certainly skip that step. Um, <laughs> and I think, uh, but one of the biggest things I think for for a funeral, um, similar, I, I also read a guide to um, greening your wedding. Um, one of the biggest things is to use the opportunity to communicate your ethics and values. So think about the service and think about what's communicated to those who who remain behind, because that's going to be the biggest legacy that you that you leave is your memory and the ideas that you've you the seeds you've planted, if you like. Right, right. And I know a lot of people um, in in funerals and in weddings are both uh, you know in lieu of flowers, donations to environmental causes and things of that nature. I think that that's you know a little bit better than uh, wasting the money on on flowers that'll die shortly after, right? Absolutely, I, I would certainly agree with that. I think, um, but again, it it depends on. It, I think it depends very much on the individual circumstances. A lot of people love flowers, and if 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 you if you're you're particularly a flower lover, or the the person who's passed away was a flower lover, I don't think there's anything wrong with with making that gesture. But equally, if it's not so important to them, um, I personally would much prefer money going to a solar electric light fund or or many other worthy green causes. Now, I know you got married about, what, a year and a half ago? That's right, yes. Did you have a green wedding? <laughs> I did. It was on a goat farm in North Carolina. No um, way, that's so, awesome. <laughs> so we had we had local food. We um, tried to use recycled materials in decorating the, the, um, the bed. There was a bed and breakfast on the farm, so we held it there. And we, we, we tried to do as best we could. We weren't militants about it and there was plenty of things we couldn't do um due to budget constraints but um we did our best we had a, a webcam set up so folks from the uk could um could attend from their own homes if they couldn't make it over um and yeah it, it, all i can say is every, everything we did added to the event it it really made it reflect um my wife and i's values and uh, many people remarked on what a beautiful wedding it was so i guess we we did something right that's very sweet that's nice. But you know what? Especially going into this is wedding season. This is high wedding season right now. So these are great tips for our listeners to keep in mind that you, you can green your wedding without being militant about it. And if you want to hold your wedding on a goat farm, call Sammy Grover. She's <laughs> 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 got some tips on the matter. Now, we usually um, close out our show with some great tips on going green, how to go environmental. You seem to know a little something about it. Did you bring your tips with you today? I did. Um, I think I partially mentioned this before, but the biggest thing you can do, I think, in going green is to just take a long, hard look at what you do and um, look at your lifestyle and and look at where the low-hanging fruit is. I think that's really important. So um, look at where you're, you know, if if... if Cutting back on your car use is easy for you. If you can work from home, even one day a week, that's going to cut back on... If, if everyone works from home one day a week, that's 20% cut in commuting right there. You know, the obvious ones, buy a smaller car, um, are right there. I think a big issue for a lot of people that 
they don't necessarily think about is cutting back on meat consumption. That's something I'm trying to do. I'm an ex-vegetarian who started eating meat again, and now I'm, I'm trying to cut back. Um, it's not necessarily just an issue of animal rights, but um, meat takes an awful lot of resources to, to grow, um, and we're increasingly finding, particularly with um, current huge rises in food prices, that um, our, our food system's under strain. So anything we can do to, to help cut back on that is a, is a bonus. Now, you're an ex-vegetarian that came back, and you're sort of, you're sort of on the line now. What, what, made, what made you make those decisions? Well, um, initially I was vegetarian, um, largely, partially due to animal rights reasons, partially due to environmental reasons, but it became increasingly easy to source local, organic, um, free-range meat um, where I was living. So I began to feel less, less guilty about occasionally indulging in those things. I started to get to know my farmers, um, and to to learn how animals were raised, and to see that they could be part of a more sustainable food system, um, and I would still hold with that. You know, I occasionally eat some local grass grass fed beef or um, lamb or or pork or whatever, but um, I try to keep it as a treat and a special um, a special occasion rather than than a disposable pleasure. Okay, interesting. Now. Um, the whole purpose of bringing you on today was to draw attention to the change.com and the fact that you guys are changing the face of marketing, bringing it to a greener level and um, really celebrating businesses that are going green, which is what Life Tips tries to do as well. So if anybody's interested, they can visit you at what website? It's thechangestrategy.com. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, uh, let's see, Byron, do you have anything else that you want to talk to us about today? Final questions that I just want to ask you about, Sammy. Have you heard of this calculating your carbon footprint concept? I have. Yes, um, I, was, I was. I was actually interviewed about this for, for New York, the New York Times, a while back. Um, it's a, it's a very interesting concept, and I think I would recommend anyone to do it. Aside from whether you actually spend the money on offsetting your carbon emissions, I think just the process of getting to understand where are the biggest where the, where the biggest emissions in your life are coming from. You know, it, it can be quite surprising when you plug in the numbers on um, how, much emi- how many emissions you take, just, for example, flying between the UK and here, or, or um, how, much, how many emissions are created in heating your house. And it can be a really great way of focusing down on, on the low-hanging fruit I mentioned before and trying to find out where you can, where you can make some changes to cut back on, cut back on your impact. Have you used the calculator powered by Earth Lab? Have you seen that one? I have one? not used that particular one, no. Have a peek at that one, and if you have any other recommendations, please get a hold of us and let us know. But that one's earthlab.com forward slash carbon profile, I believe it is. Um, and it's neat. It takes about three minutes, and it asks you, you know, how do you, where do you live? How do you work? How do you commute and travel to work? And it's just kind of interesting to have a base camp from which to start because, I mean, it... Don't you think that's the problem is people don't really know, like, okay, wh- how much am I polluting the earth? You know, where do I stand in this maze, right? And exactly. There's, so there's, many- there's no real feedback mechanism to see, to see, to see, see what you're leaving behind. You know, if you, if you trash your front yard, you'll see it pretty quickly. But we're yeah. not necessarily seeing the consequences of our actions in terms of, of carbon emissions. Um, it's just so many tips. There's so many wonderful things. Another one that I stumbled across, I was in uh, the Bahamas last week and my wife's uh, business trip and reading a fabulous book called Go Green, Live Rich. Have you seen that? By It's a really great book. Yes. It's 
by David Bach, fabulous book, highly recommended. But we're talking about one of the one of the tip number uh, thirty eight here is talking about green your computer, right? And so it said, okay, if everyone in the nation shut down uh, their computer before they left every night, we would save. Um, uh, eight, we would save enough electricity to shut down eight large power stations, that, and we would avoid emitting 7 million tons of CO2 every year. <laughs> it's just like, huh? Okay. It really is, it really is, is incredible how much, how much we can would, do without sacrificing a thing. Um, it, without, exactly. Not, no sacrifice whatsoever, other than a, maybe, what, a minute or two in the morning of waiting for your computer to turn on, you know? Just remarkable, remarkable. So my, my final question to you, and then we're going to let our guests go, but, I mean, don't you think there's got to be a way to get this super simple information to people hard and fast? And what can we do here on our show to try to get this data out to people? What's the most logical way to do it? I mean, you do it professionally with companies and corporations. How can we get this information to people without literally having to pound it into their head? I think, I think the biggest thing that we often talk to our clients about is the idea of unpacking sustainability, if you like. So we stop talking about this rather abstract term, sustainability, and to some degree even going green doesn't necessarily connect with people. And we start talking about how, the, how these principles connect with the values that people already hold. You know, everyone, every, everybody would like to think of themselves as a responsible person, a fair person, um, and uh, to some degree a, pr- a progressive or forward-thinking person. Um, and if we start talking in those terms um, about fairness, about responsibility, which is all being green really is, um, I think people are much more open to and responsive to, to listen to it. Um, I want to and, challenge and to some degree you, about making it sexy, too. Yeah, well, funny you should say that, because I want to challenge you, and I want to bring you back on the show after you devote a lot of thought to this. (laughs) It's going to take you weeks to figure this out. But I think the answer here is some really interesting calculator or credit system or participation model that's a a social model where people can share the success in a, glo- in, in, in a public manner of how they're helping the environment. And, you know, I don't know how to do it yet, but I have some sketches in my mind. But, you know, for example, it would seem to me easy to get some government backing or wouldn't it be wonderful to get some actual tax credits for people that have worked hard to earn points for decreasing their CO2 emissions or or bettering their carbon footprint, or, you know, your Social Security should have your carbon footprint listed on it, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm making this stuff up, but do you know what I mean? It's like, this is, it's going to take some big idea like this, and you're the guy that's going to figure it out, Sammy. I'm I'm convinced (laughs) of it. I I might be one of the guys who might help figure it out, but uh, (laughs) there's definitely some really interesting stuff going on with, with communities coming together and trying to find just exactly what you're talking about, trying to find yep. ways of mutually supporting each other towards common goals. Um, the Transition Towns movement is definitely worth checking out. Um, that's been taken mm. the UK by storm. Um, mm. And it's about community-led responses to, to diminishing energy resources. Um, and they're doing really interesting things with building local food systems, um, new transport models, um, supporting the local economy. Really fascinating, quite world-changing stuff. 
tell us the domain name that we could go check them out. Um, the the blog of the guy who founded it is transitionculture.org. Um, it's a guy called Rob Hopkins, um, and there's I believe now hundreds, if not thousands, of of, of towns and communities that are, are coming together to form transition groups that are um, that are really doing some amazing stuff. Well, listen, we really appreciate you being on the show today, and uh, and uh, we we would welcome you back to the show, particularly when you conceive of this social change the world <laughs> idea that can unite I'll come us back all and, and figure it all out <laughs> and make us beat our green chests with pride. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yes, indeed. Bye, Thanks, Mandy. everyone, for tuning into the show. Thanks, Mandy. Thanks, everyone. And hope we made your life a little bit smarter, better, and faster, and wiser today, and more importantly, greener. Thanks, everyone, for listening in.